What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rewind in the Middle with me, Thomas Brandon, and of course, my guy Keith. Bradley Keith, how's it going? What is up? Oh, not much, which is pretty crazy, actually, because um, it's been nothing but it's been nothing but chaos for me since we last talked um, a week ago. It's been absolutely nuts on the home front. How was your How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, took my son to his first ever Cincinnati Reds game yesterday. Oh, nice. So that was, that was pretty exciting. It was, and then my dad went too. it was his first game since 1977. Wow. That's so, cool, dude. So we yeah, all went, that's went awesome. there yesterday and it, and it was pretty wild. Like my, my son was excited and then we're at the game and you could just tell that he he was full of i'd say joy and emotion mm-hmm. i don't think he's he's never been around that many people and there's there's quite a bit of people there and man did he get a treaty first ever mlb game in person got to see his first walk off at his first game so that, that was pretty cool i was excited yeah that's pretty awesome not many people get to see that in their life let alone their first game no what was cool is so of course it was a walk off, and Nixonzell hit the walk off. It was his first career walk off home run at that, and uh, I was like, "Man, that's that's pretty awesome." I've, I was like, I, I was never lucky enough to go to a game and see, in my first MLB game, see a walk off, and not only yeah. just a walk off, a, a player's first career walk off. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool, man. Yeah, my. Uh... My week hasn't been nearly as cool. So last no. last Thursday, <laughs> last Thursday, you guys, this is the week that I had. Okay, and keep in mind, this is in addition to my 16, 17 hour work days and me working. I've I've worked. I I don't have days off anymore. Easter was my last day off. Okay, I haven't had a day off since before or since then. So last Thursday, or well, first of all, last week. It must, it was, I can't remember what day it was, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. We had sold our car. We had a, uh, this like 2007 Toyota Yaris. It was basically just a commuter car for my wife because she works about 30, 40 minutes away. And being that we're in California and gas literally costs, you know, one of your arms and a couple of fingers, um, you know, we got her this commuter car. And so, She'd been using that, and my daughter had been using my this other car of my wife's, uh, this like a 2008 Honda Accord or something like that. Well, anyways, my daughter's 17. She's going to be graduating this year, and she's going to be going to a junior college next year, and the junior college is like 40 minutes away. And because her schedule is going to be, you know, pretty spread out, like in college, it's not like high school where you take all your classes in this one six-hour block right like in college especially like jc's like your schedule can be different days of the week different times of the day you might have classes that start at four o'clock in the afternoon right like it can be kind of all over the place so my wife was really wanting to get um angie who's our my daughter um a a car that she wouldn't have to worry about right not that the car that she had already wasn't a very good car but it does have two hundred thousand miles on it and i was like well you know I'm like, babe, a, a, a Honda Accord with 200,000 miles is really nothing. Like, it's fine. It's been taken care of. It'll last. But, you know, women and their kids, right? Mama Bear comes out and it's like, no, no, no. I don't. Uh, she needs something better. I don't want to have to worry about it. It's like, all right, whatever. So we get her this newer car. It's like a 2013 or something. Um, it's a cool little car and it's got, it's only got like 80,000 miles on it. It was a single owner. They took really good care of it. Right. So we got her that. So we have, we had four cars. We don't need four cars. So we sold the Toyota Yaris. Okay. Well, Thursday after the podcast, I was coming back from work and me and my brother were sitting at a stoplight and this woman proceeds to slam into the back of us just rear ends the hell out of us and we're still both of us are still we don't know how she was going that fast i don't i have no idea how she hit it she she had to have been going like 35 miles an hour okay when you're in stop and go traffic that's fast i don't know where she came from i still don't know how she did it but she slammed right into the back of us 
and destroyed our, you know, the glass rack that we had and, and, you know, smashed the left rear bumper and all this stuff like this. So it's like, God dang it. And I had just been telling my brother, Hey dude, I need to get that other car off the insurance because we don't have it no more. And, and my wife has, was going that day to do the release of liability and all that stuff like that. So Saturday, get back, I'm coming back from a, from a job and, uh, my brother calls and he's like, Hey man, where's your white car? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? We sold the white car. It's not ours no more. He's like, well, did you do the paperwork? I'm like, yes, Sonia literally just did the release of liability like a day or two ago. He's like, well, the police are here right now. And your, that car was involved in a hit and run. And so your guys' name came up as the registered owners. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So we, I, I'm like, all right. So we, um, I call my wife and I'm like, Sonia, hey, you need to call the police department in Yuba City. I'm like, this is what happened. And she's like, well, I've got all the stuff right here showing that I did that. And it's like, okay. So she calls and it does all that, that, you know, just obviously we get it straightened out, but just very, very stressful. So then we get all that taken care of. And then yesterday to talk to, to, to really cap off the, the last seven days yesterday, me and my brother are doing a windshield job and he, we were cutting out the windshield with what's called a cold knife. And on the end of a cold knife, you have these blades that you can essentially change out. Now you have to imagine it's essentially like this flat piece of stainless steel. It's about as if you took your two middle fingers and put them together, it's about that wide. Now the thickness of it is it's very, they're not very thick. Okay. They're probably only about a quarter of an inch, eighth of an inch thick and they extend up. They go straight up. They make a hard 90 degree, right? And after that 90 degree, right, you'll have this, this blade that comes off and it can be anywhere from two inches to like seven inches long. And it basically comes to a point. Imagine what essentially looks like a, a an arrow tip, right? Like a bow and arrow, like a, a tip on an arrow. Okay. That's the kind of point that this thing comes to. It starts at the bottom and from the bottom, it just gets narrower and narrower. It comes to this point. Both ends are, both edges are sharpened. Okay. It's essentially a blade. It's what you use to cut the urethane that holds in a windshield. All right. So you know how well your windshield is in your car. Imagine the blade that you need to cut through that, right? When it's, and they call it a cold knife because you're not heating it up or doing that. You're just sticking it in there and dragging it. That's how strong and sharp those blades have to be. So yesterday we're pulling out a windshield and my brother had set one of those blades on the dashboard or something like that. Well, it had fallen onto the floor of this Ford Expedition and I stepped on it. Now, initially, I didn't know I'd stepped on it. We're pulling out a windshield and I had felt this little tiny poke in my foot. Now, sometimes I, I wear hiking boots to work in and sometimes I get, you know, little rocks or gravel or stuff like that in my shoe. And that's what I thought it was. And then all of a sudden, my brother's got this windshield and it's a you know it's a 2022 ford expedition it's a big windshield and the something the wire was stuck or something like that and i was like hold on and i jump out of this expedition on my feet and that blade proceeded to hit the ground and shove into my foot and have you ever stepped on a nail keith Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, you know, that's that that split that tenth of a second that half a second when you your foot makes contact and your foot's going down and you know what's happening, but you can't stop your foot. You know, you know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So that's what happened to me. But I was I was airborne. I wasn't taking a step. I had jumped out of a car and landed and when that thing went in. I knew something was going in my foot. I didn't know what it was. And I immediately collapsed onto the ground. <laughs> my brother. And I said, ah, mother. And he's like, he goes, what, what, what happened? And I go, something's in my 
foot. And he's like, what? And I pull up my boot and he's like, that's a freaking cold knife blade. And I was like, oh my God. And so I pulled it out, this blade, it was like a five inch blade. And I, like I said, I had hiking boots on. So it's got like a two, two and a half inch sole, but it went into my foot a good inch or two. And it went right in the ball of my foot. And I pull it off. And of course it's bleeding and stuff like that. So I have to, you know, clean it up, put a bandaid on it. My whole sock was full of blood yesterday. I'm still limping around. It actually hurts more today than it did yesterday because it's just so sore and tender from where it stabbed me. And then when we get, when I get home last night, the insurance company calls and they're wanting to talk to us about that damn hit and run accident because the car was on the insurance because I forgot to take it off the I mean I I did it like a day or two after our accident but that situation happened very very close with the hit and run and so now I'm dealing with the freaking insurance on the damn hit and run so that's been my last 7 days it has not been fun so I've definitely looking forward to getting to just talk some racing because this is one of the highlights of my week. So yeah, that's been my last week, man. It's been absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine's not been that crazy. <laughs> Fortunately. Well, yeah. Well, you know, everybody has them where you just have one of those weeks or just, you know, a few days in a row where you're like, really, is this really going on right now? Where it just seems like, you know, something happens and then something else happens and you're just like, Oh, come on, seriously. You know? And that's just how this last week has been. And like I said before, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still working like crazy. This last week, I think I worked, it was 115 hours or something like that and dealing with all this crap on top of it. And it's just like, oh my God, man, can we just get this week over with, please? So yeah, it's been <laughs> nuts, man. It's been nuts. But anyways, hopefully this week be goes back. a little yeah, better. Hopefully it goes better, but glad to be back talking racing. We do got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, obviously we had NASCAR at Talladega. We got some news there. Big news coming out of the uh in the nascar world revolving alex bowman um well obviously we got to talk about that because it brings up a whole host of issues and questions and debates um that we just went through six six eight weeks ago with chase elliott um we got some sprint car sprint car news not a whole lot but just a little bit um you know there's a little bit of an uprising uh after the race this week, last weekend at Knoxville was canceled. Um, we do have an ask three wide question. Um, if I can find it because I had actually written it, I found, I, I saw the email a couple days ago. I wrote it down and then I'm trying to find it in my file folder. So we might have one if I can find the damn thing. I don't remember where I put it. Um, unfortunately I was helping my daughter. She's doing her senior project right now. And she interviewed a bunch of kids at her school. And then she took all of that and we're making a, a video presentation and, you know, editing is something that I, I, I'm not a professional at it at, in any means, but I'm, I'm capable. I, I, I do know some, I can edit all my, I, I do my, all my own editing and stuff like that. And so we were doing that and I rearranged a bunch of files and stuff. And now it's like, I can't find nothing. So well, what's one more thing, but anyways, um, so yeah, but I want to talk about this report that came out. Um, it was it actually came out. I want to say about a week ago. It might have been about a week ago, but it's it's starting to pick up a little bit more um, traction now. Yeah, so it came out on the on the on the twenty first, and it is in the USA Today, and it is the the Reader's Choice. 10 best, and this is the 10 motorsports races in North America that will satisfy your need for speed. Now, I don't know exactly what the, um, what the guidelines or what was, you know, used here to determine this. Okay. In the sense that, you know, if they're just like, hey, what are the 10 most exciting races? What are this, the 10 races that you want to go to? What's the bucket? I, I don't know. Okay. Um, but it's based on the readers. So the readers, the people who actually know racing or at least know something about racing are the ones who are voting on it. Okay. And 
Number 10 was the Rolex 24 at Daytona, which I can understand. Um, even as somebody who doesn't go to sports car racing, right? I don't really follow sports car racing. Um, the, the 24 hours of Daytona is one of those races that just as a race fan, I want to go to. Okay. Because it's, it's the 24 hours of Daytona, right? It's just one of those prestigious events. It's before the Daytona 500, you know, you've obviously got the IMSA sports car series is there, right? You got all these different cars there. It's just a really cool event. It's something that I've always wanted to check out. And apparently a lot of other people do as well. Number nine was the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca, another IMSA race. Now, I've always wanted to go to Laguna Seca because it's Laguna Seca. And then also it's in Monterey, California. There's not a lot that's good about California, but there is a few things. One of those few things is the, the coastline. Like it's... <laughs> It's nice, especially when you get down towards Southern California. So that's really, that's really good. But what I got surprised was number eight, and that's the Daytona 500. The Daytona 500 is considered, this is the great American race. Okay. That's what it's called. This is the Super Bowl of NASCAR, and it is number eight on this list. The Daytona 500 got beat by the Petit Le Mans, okay, the Grand Prix of Long Beach, the Chili Bowl, Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, which I would not have even thought of, the Knoxville Nationals, the, the United States Grand Prix, and the Indy 500. Now, I'm not shocked at the Indy 500 beat the Daytona 500. Okay. But I think it really says something about not just NASCAR racing, but dirt racing to have the Chili Bowl and the Knoxville Nationals in the top five. And the Daytona 500 is eighth. Keith, did you see this thing? No, this but report? we briefly talked about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that the Daytona 500 is so far down, but with this new car, I'm not surprised. Me neither. Unless they're basing it off the new car. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's just kind of the overall, like, what they, what people think of it now, right? Uh, you know, the Daytona 500, it's like the Indy 500. No matter what happens to the sport, that will always be a spectacle, right? There are people who watch the Indy 500 that are not even race fans. You know what I mean? They're not even race fans, but they're going to watch the Indy 500 because it's the Indy 500. It's just like yeah. people who watch the Super Bowl, right? Or whatever, because it's that event. They're going to pay attention to it. Yeah, and, and and I think, especially us Indianans, it, it's basically a holiday for us. <laughs> well, yes, it is. It's like a month-long holiday, right? When you yeah. talk about all the stuff that goes on, I mean, and that's really what well, makes I, the I, Indy 500 I, so awesome is is all the preliminary stuff that happens with yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, and I think the build-up to the actual race helps. Yes, it is. I think that's one of the things that the Daytona 500 has lost is the build-up. They don't oh, have the build-up anymore. And I think we've preached about that since mm -hmm. we've started this dang podcast is – that's that's where the Daytona 500 ain't as special as the Indy 500. You don't have a buildup coming into it. No, you don't. Because, I mean, yeah, you could say the Clash is somewhat of a buildup, but even then there's a week between the Clash and the Daytona 500. So it's like, is it really a buildup? No, not well, really. And the Clash isn't in Daytona no more. No. You no. Know? So, I mean, when when you lose touch with Speed Weeks and then you look at the Indy 500 where they got – a week of what practice qualifying bump day yeah and all that good stuff and then there's all kinds of events through indianapolis it's yep. just yeah it, and that's the thing that holiday yeah and that's the thing that the daytona 500 has lost and if, if you even if you look at take the chili bowl and um you take the uh Knoxville Nationals. You have build up with that with that, right? When you start looking at the preliminary the preliminary nights, you know, the Chili Bowl now, what is it? 6 days, 7 days long? I mean, it's it's an entire week now. When I went to the Chili Bowl, I, when we ran in it back in what was that? Like 2000 2001 something 1999, I I can't remember. Okay. When we ran in the Chili Bowl, it was 
four days, I want to say. You had practice on Wednesday. You had preliminary nights Thursday and Friday, and then racing Saturday. I believe that's what it was. Maybe it was practice Tuesday, preliminary Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then racing Saturday. Now it's like six nights of preliminary night racing, and you've got the, the finals on Saturday. And it's all day. And if you're there, what's even cooler about it is the trade show and stuff like that that you can go to. There, Anything and everything that you can think of that's racing is there. It's, it's literally, if you're a fan of racing, you don't even have to be a fan of dirt racing. The Chili Bowl is a bucket list event that you need to go to. Same thing with the Knoxville Nationals, right? When you think about all the stuff that's happening, the amount of drivers that show up for it, it's just a huge event. And then to cap it off, they're amazing races, right? They're amazing races. If I had to talk about, you know, in terms of excitement, even if we, even if we made it, if we leveled the playing field in terms of the length of the race. So if we just said, look, the last 20 laps of the, of the Daytona 500 versus the A main of the Chili Bowl and the A main of the Knoxville Nationals. I mean, I can tell you right now, out of on that list, I'm taking the 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 20 laps, the last 20 laps of of the 500. I'm taking that last. I would much rather watch the feature for the Chili Bowl or the feature for the Knoxville Nationals. Yep, it's better I, racing. It's more exciting. I'm going to see a whole lot more. I think I would take the whole week of Knoxville Nationals over the Daytona 500 and the Chili Bowl both. Yes. I've never I mean, been, I've always wanted to go. It's, it's on my bucket list, but yeah, to me, this list was not initially, like, I was kind of shocked by it, but after sitting and talking about it for a few minutes and thinking about it, I'm not surprised at all. Like I love the chili bowl. It's just too damn drawn out. Like there, there's sometimes a yellow takes two minutes to clean up. And there's sometimes a yellow takes five minutes to clean up or 10 minutes. And it just, by time, but Next thing you know, you're turning it off. Now, the Knoxville Nationals, I've never turned it off. It's always had me on no. the edge of the seat just because the racing's so damn good. Yes, it is. And and it's a very prestigious race, and it continues to build in the prestigious category where the Chili Bowl really doesn't. No, I think the I'm Chili Bowl's kind of... I'm going to comment now. I know it. <laughs> well, no, but I, I think the Chili Bowl has... I think the Chili Bowl has peaked. I, I think the Chili Bowl has peaked in terms of... You know, you're not going to it's it's gotten as big as it can get unless they start, you know, increasing the purse and doing all the things that we've talked about before. It's gotten as big as it can get. It's not going to get any bigger. Right. Right. Whereas the Knoxville Nationals with more and more of these guys running sprint cars and we've got so much more crossover and it is becoming this thing where. You know, sprint. I to me, I think sprint car racing is only growing more and more, and I think that's. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we obviously love racing in this country, right, in North America, and it to me, it's getting harder and harder to find really good racing. I really truly believe that. I agree with that. Yeah, I really truly believe that, and I think you're seeing more and more people, right? If there's one thing that you know, the Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell or, you know, these guys who go down and run these sprint car races, Alex Bowman, Ricky Stenhouse, that type of thing. If there's one thing that they've done, I think that they've helped to put a spotlight on sprint car racing and it's helped it increase its popularity. That I completely agree with. Like, yeah. like that's one thing I can say about those, those, that category of guys, they've not really forgotten where they came from. And no, they have not. They're really big on giving back yep. to the dirt community. And now this ain't me saying all the, well, they, they pay tracks and this, that, and the other. What I mean by give back, they show up. They, they, when people know that, oh, Kyle Larson's going to be here or Ricky Stenhouse or mm -hmm. the Christopher Bells of the world, that puts asses in the seats. That, that brings more eyes to the sprint car sport. Oh, absolutely. And, and not just sprint car racing, but midgets and, Christopher Bell does the micro deal and mm -hmm. I think it's great for dirt racing and it just yep. makes it that much bigger. And when the Kyle Larson's of the world shows up to the Knoxville nationals, it just puts more, even more eyes on that one event. Yeah, definitely. But I, I, I'm with you. I think the Knoxville nationals 
is going to keep growing. As we say in the football world, or as they say in the football world, Aaron Rodgers has reached a ceiling. The Chili yeah. Bowl has reached its ceiling. I don't yeah, think I really it, think it any has. Higher. No, I don't think you can get any more out of it. You know, it's, it's, you can't, now, first you wise, can't go to eight days. <laughs> no, no, but there, I think the excitement is not in the Chili Bowl anymore. And I, I hate to say it because I love midget racing. I think midget racing, some of the better racing outside of sprint car racing. Yes. Yes. I, I give me. Give me USAC midgets on a on a on a high bank quarter mile, fast quarter mile. I there's not many other places I'd I would, rather be in the world. Yeah, I would <laughs> there's want not. better than the Daytona 500. But yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, so yeah, just it was really interesting to when I saw this, um, and it just initially my initial reaction, like I said, was God, that I can't believe. Look at what has happened to the Daytona 500, but it more it became more of a positive in terms of that's incredible for the chili bowl and the date or uh, the Knoxville nationals. Oh, it's um, huge. <clears throat> it is. In fact, I personally, I think that you should have the, the Kings Royal and the, you know, the national open on this list above the Daytona 500. That's just where I'm at with it now. And it really does pain me to say that, but um, you know, it, yeah, that this, We've talked about it at nauseum, you know, with the Daytona 500. I I think they've they've destroyed what made that that couple weeks so incredible, and it's starting to show itself now. Even the USA Today readers are saying the same thing. I so, mean, how long do you think it'll take for the Eldor Million to get put on that list? Because I think that's just going to continue to grow each year. Yeah, I you know if they keep doing it, um. I think it will initially, I think it will eventually get on the list. Now, the only thing that, the only thing that would. I think the the only only thing thing that would keep it on there though, is the fact that it's been right. So it was late models. Now it's going to be sprint cars. Is this going to be something that they're going to do where it's going to be like this revolving thing? Is it going to be just one of those two classes? I I think it's going to keep going like one year, how last year is late models this year at sprint cars. I think it's going to keep flip flopping. Which, in my eyes, I think it's great because I think that's gives, awesome if they do that. It yeah. gives the late model community something to to race for as far as mm-hmm. big money, and then the following year you get the sprint car guys out, and they get to race for that million. Because I think, I think we're going to see a record amount of cars at Eldora for this year's million. That's just I would eight. think so too. You don't see outside of Knoxville nationals and a couple other big races, you don't see a purse that big. I know Mansfield tried it up in Ohio and it, and it fell apart and it flopped, but I I think this is going to be big. I think it's going to be big for the sprint car world. I think you're going to see guys come out and run wing cars. That's never really ran wing cars. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I think so too. I really do. Um, and I think you'll start to see them uh, running those wing cars leading up to it. You know, you'll see those guys, um, you know, the month ahead, start hopping in sprint cars, local tracks and, you know, stuff like that, where they're running more and more of these uh, races to get ready for that. Because that's one of those things that it's like, OK, well, you've got to you've got to run that. I mean, if I had a car, I'd try. I mean, mm-hmm. why not? Oh God, yes. I would do it just to just to be there. Just to run it, you know. So yeah, that would be uh that would be incredible. So yeah, pretty cool, but just wanted to cover that because like I said, I, th- I thought it was interesting and definitely uh definitely worth a discussion. But when we get back from the break, we are going to be doing our hit or miss portion of the show. Got a couple things we got to talk about there before we hop into our NASCAR pick them and then we'll wrap up the show. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there, Uh, you know, do the old school like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. 
You guys, I've personally used this stuff and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff and we used it on my daughter's car and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, so it is now time for our favorite portion of the show, Hit or Miss, and we've got four topics to cover today. Um, leading off with really big news that just came out on Alex Bowman. So Keith, Alex Bowman will miss the next three to four weeks after hurting his back in a sprint car accident at 34 Raceway. He actually broke a vertebra in his back. So HMS will apply for and should, they should receive a medical waiver so Bowman can still run the playoffs. Hit or miss the mark. I think it hits the mark. I mean, they got to they gotta apply for the waiver. They got to get the waiver. Now, I know this is going to open a box, a door, or whatever. It's going to open a new avenue to where you're going to have these people coming out saying, look, it's time for these guys to stop doing extracurricular stuff outside of racing. And I say, fuck that. I'm with you. Um, you can't cage these guys up. You can't lock them in a, in a room for, what, five months? From from February to October you, or early November? You can't do that. They've got to have a way to get away from racing, whether it's going sprint car racing, going late model racing, going golfing. I mean, you could get hurt at a golf course. I mean, you can. We've seen Tiger Woods do it, but granted, he's been yes. doing it forever. But there's still things that could happen. You could wreck a golf cart. Um, you could go out to eat and walk across the street and get hit by a car. I mean, it, it's very seldom that it happens, and it's very seldom that injuries happen in sprint car racing. And this year, not sure who pissed off the sprint car gods, but I'd like to smack them in the mouth because <laughs> we've seen – a couple injuries. We've seen one fatal crash already this year, and we're not even have we're not even we're not truly started in sprint car racing for the season. But um, I hope this doesn't deter Alex Bowman from jumping back into a sprint car because I I think it's great for the sport of sprint car racing. I think it's great for NASCAR. I think it's great for Alex Bowman to get out of his comfort zone and do something different. And I think. I, th I think something to watch will be Kyle Larson. If Kyle Larson ain't running dirt races, I think that means Rick Hendrick put his foot down. Joe Gibbs put his foot down with his guys with Christopher Bell and said, no more dirt racing. I think it's crap. I mean, granted, yeah, you, you've hired these guys to be in your car to represent these sponsors, and your sponsors are dependent on you, but I, you just can't cage them up like they're animals. And, and, and something tells me I wouldn't be surprised in these crossover racers have something in their contract where sorry you can't you can't run dirt races and if it was me i wouldn't sign the contract and i don't care how much money i would be losing i i wouldn't lose touch with the grassroots i mean that we that's the only thing we're relying on right now with these guys is they've not lost touch with their grassroots whether it's dirt racing uh, your local short track on pavement. I just, I hope, I hope we don't see these guys put a stop to it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, I think they, I think they should get the waiver. Um, and I think that these guys should keep doing this stuff. I really do. Uh, I, I don't. I like the fact that Alex Bowman's still out sprint car racing. I do. Yes, it sucks he got hurt and with everything that happened with Chase Elliott and stuff like that. Like I get it. 
you know, where, where people are like, no, you can't do it. You can't set this precedence. But I, you, you, to me, you have to, um, you know, it's just, I'm with you. I think it, it helps both NASCAR and sprint car racing when these guys are doing this. And I think it's a really cool thing that they do. I don't want to see it in. So yeah, I'm with you. I think it hits the mark. Yeah, All right. It, it also tells me that snowboarding is just as dangerous as racing. It is. I, it I, is. I, I can truly think Hendrick Motorsports was just dealt a bad hand of cards this, this season. No, we I know. It. It's crazy. It is what it is. Yep. It's crazy. So speaking of which, with another accident to a NASCAR driver, drivers should not be allowed to race or participate in extreme activities off the track. Hit or miss the mark. I mean, I know we just kind of talked about this I mean, a little yeah. bit, but. I'm going to have to say it misses the mark because I think even looking at Denny Hamlin, does he do racing outside of NASCAR? No, but he, he has basketball tournaments. They, they, they play pickleball. They, they do all kinds of other things. And and that's to, you got to decompress from their job. Just yes. like how us regular people, we have to decompress from our job. Mm-hmm. Now, if my job was to come tell me, look, you can't go to your perfect North slopes when you're not, at work because we need you here. I'm sorry. I'm my own person. I'm going to live my life. I need a way to get away, to have a breather from everything, just as these guys do. You yeah, cannot you, gauge them. No, you cannot. You cannot have a schedule that has one week off in six, eight months or whatever the hell it is, right? Starts in February, goes to October, and you have one week off. You cannot do that and expect these guys to do nothing but be in the sim or at the track. You can't do that. I don't care. I don't care how much you love racing. Folks, when I was in my teens and early 20s, all right, there was nothing that I wanted to do more than work and racing. That is what I did. I loved it. I absolutely, yes, I would have, I would have preferred to be a driver, but that was not in the cards. That's fine. I loved getting the, the midget or the sprint car ready every week. I loved blocking it and, and, you know, squaring the rear end and running the valves and doing all that stuff to get it ready for the next race. There's nothing more that I enjoyed than literally being in the trailer, right? Being in the hauler, working on the car, getting it ready for the race that we got the next night because we're traveling 300 miles in between each race, right? Like I loved doing that i mean and it was a burnout after years and years and years of it like it's when you run like like these guys do you're gonna get burned out you gotta yeah. have something else well and 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 i agree with that when you give these guys one freaking weekend off yes. one weekend yes and, and i've heard the people say well the nfl gets one weekend off yeah but they're they're not playing football for eight months out of the year no they're not these these race car drivers for crying out loud they race on freaking holidays holidays that most people have off at work yep and and when they get one weekend off i don't blame them one bit for going and racing on a tuesday night or a wednesday night or hell even a saturday night yeah um and you just i you can't cage these guys down you cannot no, no you can't it's just it's not good you for you not handcuff them exactly yeah i think you gotta let them if they want to go out and race, I think you got to yeah, because you need a mental de- decompress. If not, you'll get stuck. Yeah, crazy. you know, and I think it's cool when these guys do that. And like I said, and even not even that, but you know, you look at last year when Corey LaJoy ran the modified at Martinsville, right? And he won. Like that was awesome. You know what I mean? Like that was just really cool to see. Right? If these guys hop in and they go do a cars tour race, or I mean, how many of you you think we're gonna see? I mean, obviously Harvick's doing it, right? But you know, at the during All Star Week at North Wilkesboro, when the cars tour is there, like how many Cup guys do you think we'll see run a cars tour race, right? Run I that think event. We'll see a good handful do. Yeah, it. and I think it's awesome if they do that. And for NASCAR to be like, well, we don't want these guys to get hurt. We're gonna prevent them from doing those things. I think it would be a bad move and a bad look on their part. And look, these guys are racers. There's nothing more than what they want to do is just race. Let them yep. be. Exactly. And I don't care if it's in a cup car, truck, Xfinity. I mean, what if what if Alex Bowman's to run the truck race at Dover or Xfinity race at Dover, if they're even racing? I don't even know yet. And they get hurt there. What's the difference? There is no difference. Yes. There's not. All right. 
Next up, we've got Bubba Wallace's block, or I should say blocks, on Ryan Blaney was a bad move, and it cost both Wallace and Blaney a chance to win the race at Talladega. Hit or miss the mark? I'm going to say it hits the mark. I mean, the, the, the downfall is, is you're getting to the closing stages of the race, few laps left, you're doing anything you can do to win. I get what they were trying to do, but on the other hand, you're going for a win. Don't don't screw yourself at the same time. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think it hits the mark. I the the initial block that Bubba threw on Blaney right down low, I got that, but when Blaney went high, it, Bubba's momentum had seemed already like it had been killed. Um, yeah. And, you know, for him to go back up again and try to block again, I thought it was bad. Now, here's the deal. And this is one thing that I will say. It's very easy to armchair quarterback this right for us to sit back Monday morning quarterback and be like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Um, You know, I watching it, I can see how Bubba thought he could do that second block because. You know, if I block Blaney, if I go down, and I block Blaney like Bubba Wallace did, and then it it. I can tell that it's killed my momentum, right? And then Blaney goes back up to the top. I'm going to be thinking, well, there's, I could get back up there. I got down in front of him. It, it's, it's, it slowed us down, right? He can't have that much of a run still on me, right? Like you, you're probably thinking, oh, I can get back up there again, which is probably what he thought, you know? I mean, look, that's what these guys all talk about. Basically when it's go time, right? When the pay windows open, you're, you're either, getting shoved or you're shoving somebody right down the track. And so I can see why he tried to do it. It was a bad move after that first block. You know, I did not expect to see him to go back up when I saw Blaney pull back up and he, Blaney still had a run. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's still got a run. And then when Bubba went up, I was like, that's not good. And of course it wasn't, um, it was, it was a bummer. So, you know, it sucked to see, I will give, Bubba Wallace a lot of credit though because I thought I thought that might have been Bubba Wallace's best interview after an accident that I've ever seen um but I think there's a lot of times Bubba Wallace has complained or blamed others when it was like hey man you might take you need to take some of that blame yourself and I thought his reaction this last week was incredible for him to be like dude that was on me it's just too close to a block shouldn't have done that he thanked his spotter he thanked his team like i was like yes and, awesome and good I, job man I, I agree with that i think that yeah. was one of the best reactions after the race from bubba i mean we've mm -hmm. seen him beat himself up yes we've seen him downgrade himself tell yep. denny just fire me yep and and I get it to a point, but and I'm a Bubba been, Wallace fan. Me too, and me too. Which is why I said, you know, I think there's been times where he, in after incidents or post race interviews, it's like, oh man, come on, dude, don't say that, man. You know, just yeah, thank your team, and you know, thank your team, thank your sponsors, your spotter. You know, hey, this was is a bad incident, whatever, and then move on. And um, this last week he did that, and so I, it, although it sucks that he got caught up in that, I thought it was a huge moment of. I don't know, growth or whatever you want to call it, because oh, for that to happen, for him 100. to be right there at a win. And I will, in uh, side note, I was incredibly impressed with the race that he drove, because I can tell you right now, if there's a restrictor plate race, he's one of the handful of people that you can count on at the front. Even with this current package, and which we talk about how hard it is to pass and stuff. And you and you know that, yeah, he doesn't have the wins to show for it on no. super speedways, but you know he's going to be there at the end. Yes, he, and he that's all you can ask smart, for now again. Now the, these he, days, yeah, and he's a very smart super speedway mm -hmm. racist. Like, that, there's a reason why Denny Hamlin hired him. Yes, there's yep. a reason why that they continue to support him. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, it was a it was a a, a bummer of a move. I was it was. I was sad to see him get caught up in it. Oh, I hated to see but, it because I, I truly thought he was going to win. I thought yeah. he had a good shot at winning the race. Yeah, I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be a drag race between him and Blaney coming down at the end, which would have been really cool to see. So, but yeah, bummer. But anyways, uh, 
Last one, moving on. NASCAR's current restrictor plate and arrow package for Daytona, Talladega, and Ant, at Ant, Ant, and Atlanta. There we go. That's a tongue twister. Really needs to be changed. Hit or miss the mark. Hits a mark. I mean, this super speedway package just sucks. I yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, we've seen the third lane come in, but as soon as the yeah, but Bubba Wallace was about the only yeah. one who could pull the damn thing. Yeah, between <laughs> Bubba Wallace and I think Eric Jones did yeah, it one. Yeah. Outside of those, if if the middle lane really side draft the bottom lane, mm-hmm. the third lane disappeared. Yep. I think we've reached a, a point in in the sport of NASCAR where the third lane just is not there, and no. it won't ever be there till something changes with this car. And I've not, I can't really put a, a finger on what needs changed. I mean, there's yeah. a multitude of things that needs to be changed, and uh, you can just take the super speedway package and throw it out the damn window. Like, yeah, it, it, you know, it bores me to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not. You know, the package that we had a few years ago, right when we would see these cars and they would get these huge runs. You know what I mean? Um, and it was it. They were incredible races. The whole race was good, right? Like we saw moves and passing and stuff. The whole race was good. And the first half to three quarters of the race was cool because is when that's when you got to see, well, who works well together? What cars do, right? Like if you're, let's just say you're Denny Hamlin, right? Who do I want to be hooked up with at the end of the race to win? Yes, right now I'm got, I got to run with the Toyotas and do all that stuff, whatever. But like at the end of the race, when when the pay window's open and it's time to go, who do I want to be with, right? We could see that stuff develop and you saw these massive runs. And after those races, we heard a lot of the drivers talk about how, man, this is too dangerous. It's too crazy. And so I understand it. Now we're, it's like we've gone to the other end of the spectrum. We went 180 degrees in the opposite direction and it's like, okay, the cars don't get any run and this sucks and it's not very good and it's essentially just side by side. It's just like pace laps at 190 miles an hour, right? That's boring. So how do we get to that middle point? Um, I do think, I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest issues that is, that's causing a lot of the problems with this car when it comes to this aero stuff, I think it's the the underwing, the diffuser, and stuff like that. I I really do. I think NASCAR for you know essentially since 1980, what was it 86, 87, right? Like I mean that was the first time you really started to see aerodynamics start to really come into effect, you know, with that with that um that 86, 87 car. And then when we got into the early nineties with the old Ford Thunderbird and Chevy Lumina and the Pontiac Grand Prix, like those cars, that's when it really became, it was like, all right, now we, this is something that we got to actually focus on. And it was always the same thing. It was overbody aerodynamics, reduce the drag. You've got the spoiler, right? Like what can we do with those things? And now you've got this, this underwing, this panned bottom that creates this, enormous change when we start talking about you know high and low pressure and downforce and and what's being you know how much is being washed out the sides and 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 pushed out the back and how much is it sucking the car down all these different factors and when it comes to drafting i think it's having a huge effect on the product and i think it's something that nascar hasn't um either accommodated enough for or factored into their equations enough or whatever. I don't know. You know, now it's all engineers. It's not sure. like it used to be where, you know, you'd walk up there with the plumb bob and lick your thumb and go, all right, that looks good right there. Stick it right. Like it's those days are gone, right? It's not just a template. So I do think they need to work on something. I do. I do find comfort in the fact that if there is something that NASCAR has been willing to change and change quickly, it is the restrictor play package. We've seen them change it, you know, once or twice in a season where they're like, Hey, next race, we're showing up with this package, you know? So to be will honest, they, will they do that? I don't know, but I would love to see them run a race one time without the diffuser, a super speedway race, just to, just to see if it would improve it. If not a race, a test, take, take eight or nine cars down there and do a, 
a pack test just to see if the diffuser either A, helps it, or B, doesn't help it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. It not work? You know, the... I mean, and, and that then that may not help it. Yeah, I would I would like that. to see that too. The only thing that would concern me there though is, and I and it's because I don't know how the front of the car is. You know, they have that front air dam, right? And then the air yeah. goes in and it comes up and it goes out the louvers and stuff. I don't know if they take that floor off, how that affects the front. That's the only thing I don't know. So um, it, you're right; it might be really good. Or it might be a disaster. I don't know. I, Can't I mean, be no even if what we got now. No, and even <laughs> look, even if they just took off the rear diffuser, you know what I mean? Leave the floor, but just take off the rear yeah. diffuser. Yeah. You know, because I think there's something to that. I really do. Um, you know, I I think. Look, I mean, I think we could look at a bunch of different things as factors when it comes to that. Right? When you start talking about the rocker boxes, the air that's being washed out how much that can just kill your run when you side draft those cars. You know, it's just, oh my God, it's like hooking a parachute to them. So there's different, there's a bunch of different things and a bunch of different factors. You know, like we've talked about before with the short track package, it's not one thing. There's not this one cure all that you can just come in and fix everything. Um, but I do think that, you know, whether they just put a bigger spoiler at a, at a um an uh, you know a wicker bill or something I don't know something because right now it sucks and Daytona and Talladega used to be some of the funnest races on the schedule and now it is so boring it's just yep. hard to watch so all right so that's gonna do it for hit or miss um but when we get back we are gonna be doing our NASCAR pick'em and we'll be wrapping it up with our ask three wide so don't go anywhere. All right, so NASCAR Pick'em last week. Once again, I've got a win. So I got a winning streak now. I've won two in a row, Keith. I'm coming back, man. I'm not. <laughs> so I had uh, Ryan Blaney. I had been saving Blaney. I was hoping I was going to get them bonus points, but I didn't. But I was saving Blaney for restrictor plate race, and it came. he came through. You had Michael McDowell. A uh, tough day for McDowell. Um yeah, I don't remember exactly. when he went multiple laps down, I was yeah. like, well, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so I will pick first this week. So I've got, uh, let's see this week. They are at Dover over. I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, these next, the next, um, The next few weeks, I am the next month of racing. I am really looking forward to because we've got Dover, and then we've got Kansas, Darlington, and then Wilkesboro. Right now, obviously Wilkesboro is the All Star race, but I'm so this next month of racing, I cannot wait for. Oh, and then um, you got the Coke 600. I think that was yes. one of the better races last yes, year. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Then we've got the Coke 600 after that. So, yeah, the next five, six weeks, man, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's one of the better parts of the schedule, in my opinion. Um, I love Dover. Uh, to me, Dover is a big Bristol. That's what Dover it is. Dover is awesome. Yeah, um, it's one of the races that I would love to go to. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward and, to it. And, you know, speaking of Dover, I got to pat them on the back. Out of all the racetracks so far that they've been to this season, they're the only one that is sending Kevin Harvick out with the send-off. They, they changed the turn four wall paint. Instead of it saying turn four, it says Harvick four. I think I, that's freaking awesome. That uh, is pretty and, cool. And it's crazy that it's taken this long for a team to, to throw a tribute out to Kevin Harvick. Yeah. One of, one of the only last pioneers of the sport, and yeah. you can't even get any respect from the racetracks mm -hmm. but yep. we we will also go to the other tracks twice unfortunately so maybe they'll do it then who knows yep. uh, hopefully they do i just thought so, that was neat when i seen it yeah. on twitter this morning no that is pretty cool that is pretty cool so all right well i've got i don't I shouldn't say i don't want to take him yet i i'm gonna have to take him you steal my pick tommy don't you uh, do it I don't know who your pick is, man. 
I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with Kyle Larson. You mother. Was that your pick? Yeah, <laughs> but it's all right. It's all right. I'm going with Kyle Larson because you know, last year at, at Dover, what, Hendrick they swept the top four spots in one of the races. Um, did they go to Dover once or twice last year? I can't remember. Uh, that's a good question because I can't remember either. I thought once. I think they only went there once. One time. Yeah, and it was the if I remember correctly, the top four spots were all Hendrick. He has the Hendrick Motorsports 500, I think. Yes, yeah, and you know, I already I've, I've picked Bowman. Obviously, he's out. I could go Josh Berry, but I don't want to. I do think it's going to take. A week or two, even though the car is similar, Barry was just in Chase Elliott's. It is uh, a different yeah. team. There's there's some changes. New, yeah. New crew, new crew chief. So I don't want to pick Chase Elliott yet because I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold on his leg. Dover is definitely different than um Martinsville and Talladega. So, you know, I I, th- I don't know. I think I could probably pick Chase and be okay, but I, I don't know. I've been saving Larson for one of these races. I'm gonna take him this week at Dover. I like it. I was going to be my pick. So I don't like it. <laughs> I like Sorry, it, but man. I don't like it. No, it's Sorry. okay. It's all right. I mean, you got to swing for the fences and you're on a winning streak. So what's yeah. the worst could happen? Exactly. Continue the winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, damn, since you stole my pick, now I don't know who I want to take. I tell you what, give me Denny Hamlin. That's a good one. I think the DH. I think the Gibbs cars have been strong, man. And yeah, and and I think so too. And Denny's been pretty good at Dover. Yes, he has. You know, Dover's Dover's such a unique track. You know what I mean? Because it's, I mean, technically it's a short track, but it's not really a short track. You know, race is uh, like a speedway almost, yeah. like a mile and a half. Like it's yeah. fast. It, it is really fast, but then it's got the characteristics of a uh, a short track. Mm-hmm. And we see multiple grooves there. I mean, you know, they don't. It's wide enough to where you can you can have two cars. You can have a car in the middle and one on the bottom, and still have plenty of room. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, Dover and Bristol were the two tracks that they left out of the short, the new short track package rules, um, because like we just, were, like you were just saying, Keith, you know, the way that that the track races and the speed that they carry, it it's more like a mile and a half when it comes to that stuff. So, you know what? Scratch that. I'm going to save Denny Hamlin. I'm going to put him back in my pocket. Okay. I'm going to swing for the fence, and I'm going to take Josh Berry. Okay. All right. So we got the Hendrick battle this week. So I got Kyle Larson. You got Josh Berry. The the more and more I sat and just thought about it, like why I know we're going to go to some stronger tracks for Denny. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like using that, that bullet right now. I'll take a a flyer on on Josh Berry. That is a good, the last time he was in the next gen car, he finished on the podium. So yes, he's a good driver, man. I really like Josh Berry. You know, that's something I, think, I would love to see him in a cup ride. I think we see him in a cup ride next season, whether it's, I I mean, it's not going to be with Hendrick, of course, but it could no. be. No. Well, yeah. You never know. And they're going to lose a seat somewhere. Yeah. Well, and like we were talking about earlier, you know, if Christopher Bell goes somewhere else, right, that opens yeah. up a, a spot at Gibbs. You know, that's a coveted, that's a coveted spot right there. And, and Gibbs is known for taking flyers on older older drivers. We've mm-hmm. seen him go after Kenseth. We've seen him with uh, Carl Edwards and yep. then Shrek's uh, Jr. Yep. So, all right. So that'll be interesting. So hopefully, 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 Dover's a good race. I, I like I said, it's one of the race, one of the the more um, one of the races that I look forward to more than others, just because, like I said, I, I just really like the way that it is. It's like a big Bristol. So, but to wrap up today's show, we got an ask three wide question from L O. I, I imagine that's initials L O. I, I don't know unless you put, I, that has to be initials, right? He didn't put periods. He just put L O L O. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's, <laughs> I don't know. So L O he said, Tommy Keith, 
In your opinion, what is better preparation for the Cup Series? Would it be the truck or Xfinity? Thanks, LO. Um, this is interesting. I, you know, I haven't really thought about this to be honest with you, just because, you know, I don't. How do I how do I say this? How do I put this? For years, it was kind of a a set path. And if you actually look at it, right, like this, when I saw this question, it kind of made me start thinking because we don't have that set path anymore, right? Where you would, you would come up, you would do, you know, ARCA or whatever, right? Maybe you did a uh, super late models. You were in the, or the NASCAR, you know, wheel and tour or something like that. You had, you did something along those lines and then you would get up there, you know, maybe run some ARCA races or something like that. And then, you know, Kane in series, whatever. And then you would get a truck ride, right? And then you would go from the trucks to the Xfinity. And then once you got to the Xfinity series, that was kind of your launching pad into the Cup series, right? Like if you did really well or you were in that pipeline with the team or whatever, one of their development drivers, like you got to Xfinity and now you were in what was essentially the minor leagues for Cup racing, right? Like that's where you're going to get called up. I don't think that's the case anymore because first of all, this cup car is so different. It's so unlike anything else. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any need for that. I really don't, right? There's, it doesn't, it, it's got the same horsepower as an Xfinity car. I actually think the, the only, Oh, man, I don't know if there's one that's better. I think they're both kind of equal now, to be honest with you. I think in the trucks, the aerodynamic aspect of the trucks is so important. Um, learning how to kill runs, learning how to, you know, to be around other cars while you're in the dirty air and 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 race, because that happens in the trucks. You know, a lot of the trucks, especially when they get to the bigger tracks, you're talking, you know, above a mile, mile and a half tracks, they're essentially wide open, right? They might be lifting a little bit, but it, it's a lot of the aero stuff, which we've talked about, re, you know, just in uh, an insane amount over the last few weeks with this cup car. And then the Xfinity series, it, that, that car is harder to drive. You know what I mean? It's, it is a harder car to drive than the cup car is. So I think it can show your driving abilities, your driving talent, your ceiling. Um, but I don't really think that, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Keith? I, I, I gotta go with the Xfinity car. And, and the yeah. reason why I say that is, is that car is edgy. It's very it edgy. is. And, and it, and it shows who can drive and who can't. I think with the truck series, like, and, I, and this is no fall to the truckers. Uh, there's I a just, lot of slap dicks in the trucks, dude. There's a ton <laughs> of slap dicks in the trucks. And I think it, it, it builds more bad habits than good. I mean, we've seen the the bullshit Carson Hose of ours pulled. I just don't think that's good for racing in general. But yeah, that dude, that's here talking about it, and he mm -hmm. he's actually doing it. But that being said, even when Haley Deegan jumped in a lower tiered Xfinity car, she showed that she belongs. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, even with the, like the Ty Gibbs, we didn't see him run a single truck race. Yeah. He ran strictly Xfinity and yep. Arca. And, and now I think the path is if you can show that you're a damn good Xfinity racer, that translates over to the Cup Series. Um, yep. I think that's the path now. But then again, who knows at this point? But I, I got to go with the Xfinity Series just because the cars are a ton harder to drive and they're not so aero dependent. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I remember when the, when the new generation of Xfinity cars came out and I remember seeing them and being like, dude, that is what they should have in the cup series. I remember yep. thinking that. And ever since then, I, think the xfinity car nothing, has been the has been the superior one like it really has nothing looks more intimidating than that toyota supra and the xfinity series even the ford mustang and yeah and the chevy i just think they look meaner they look more aggressive yep um 
one hundred percent. I was man. excited when the first body came out or the new body came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that I got to go with the Xfinity series. Sorry to the truckers, but you guys are slap dicks. Yeah. Every one of them are. Yeah, they, that, there, there are some clowns. Oh, yeah. there's a ton of clowns. It's almost like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for the question, Ello. Really appreciate it. Um, I mean, if yeah, you guys want to ask us a question, uh, what was that, Keith? I said it's a true stumper. Like you, you Yeah, it is. You can go to either either truck or Xfinity, but I think I I have to lean Xfinity and yeah. Granite, yeah. I've never raced any of them, but I would have to Me neither. Teams would rather see guys in Xfinity than trucks and then move them to Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on that. So But all right. That's going to do it for our pod today. Um I hope you all have a great weekend, Keith, my man. Thank you very much. Everyone out there, thank you for listening. Please download, share, subscribe. Enjoy this weekend's racing. Uh, It should be a good one, hopefully. And uh, yeah, if you do that, we'll be back uh, to do this all over again next week. Hopefully the week will be better this week than it was last week. So (laughs) fingers crossed. So we'll see, but that'll do it. Thank you. Oh my God, seriously. I need to find a couple of them. So, but that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Uh, Like I said, please download, share, subscribe, all that other good stuff. And uh, if you do all that, we will be back here next week to do this all over again. So, Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Thanks, you too. Everyone out there, have a good weekend. Take care.